My dear Lister, last night I went to the manor again. I open the door here. I don't delay even to pick up a cape and step out across the village green. My shoes write inscrutable, fleeting messages on the dewy grass. When I reach the moon-marked road, all I have to do is follow it. In less than a quarter of an hour at the walls of York, where Bootham Bar has been arching for 800 years, here's that antique hodgepodge, King's Manor, hiding our school behind its red brick face. The great medieval door with its lion and unicorn opens at my touch, and I find myself in the scented courtyard. I turn right to enter the manor school itself, where three generations of one family have watched over the better-born daughters of the North. I walk, invisible, from one familiar ramshackle room to the next, through the kitchen and pantry, refectory and offices, and up the foot-worn stone stairs I float, through the classrooms on the first floor, into the north wing, past the mistress's chambers and up again to the second floor attic, past cook's room, then the one the four maids share, then the box room full of trunks and portmanteaus. The fourth door is the slopes, and it springs open to my fingertips. You'll understand my wishful fancy. I pay this visit, in fact all these tender nightly visits, in my mind's eye only. In the flesh, I've not passed the lion and unicorn and entered our school in eight years. These days, of course, I'm prevented thwarted by circumstances beyond my control. But last year, or in any of the intervening years since I left, although I often passed the lovely old silhouette of King's Manor, somehow, careless, I never thought to knock on that ancient door. Eliza, I ask myself now, why didn't you go back while you still could? You won't be surprised that I so treasure these old haunts. It was in York that I received my education, where I was stamped like warm wax by a seal, formed once and for all. I know you'll recall the song, where all the joy and mirth made this town heaven on earth. At the manor school, I tasted heaven on earth, even as I toiled to pack my poor skull with the knowledge and wisdom I was told I'd need for life. The joke is, Lister, the only lesson I learned, or at least the only lesson I remember, was you. We two were so young, had barely seen the change of 14 years, as Capulet says of his daughter. Less than a 12-month the pair of us spent under our sloop's slanted ceiling, but there are fleeting times in life, especially in youth, that shine out more strongly than all the rest, and will never fade veins of gold and dull rock. For the rest of my life, I believe, I'll be transported back in dreams to memory's private theatre, where our girl selves still move and chat and laugh. These days I live on words, since my imagination is starved of other stimuli. Not that I keep a diary. The year we turned 17, you did your best to teach me that improving habit, 
but I always found it hard to pluck details from my daily round that seemed worth recording. Without an interested ear inclined towards me, my words dry up. I lack that bottomless spring that bubbles up behind your clever tongue. It strikes me that your own journal writing has much in common with your other powers. Walking, say. Whatever you like, you do with energy and ambition, almost greedily, and with a vigour that impresses us lesser mortals, even if we sometimes find it exhausting. No. Only in letters to one sympathetic listener can I open my bosom and speak my pleasures and pains. So I read all day until my eyes are sore, then write to you, though all too hurriedly, two or three pages worth, I find is about as much as I can get out under these conditions, before I'm obliged to lay down my pen.